Welcome, welcome, welcome to episode 46 of the Unweaving Chronic Pain Podcast. I am your host, Dr. Andrea Moore, Chronic Pain Specialist. As always, this podcast is not to be used as a substitute for medical advice. Oh my gosh, today I have such an exciting episode. I am interviewing and getting just a really not interviewing, like sitting down for a conversation with one of my favorite people in the world. Um, his name is Carlos de la Playa. And oh my gosh, I, I can't wait for you to listen because he has taught me so much about self-expression, about what it means to authentically be yourself, and most importantly, what it means when that feels really, really hard. So if you've ever struggled with like, what does it even mean to be me? Then you are going to absolutely love this episode. So before we dive in, let me just read a little bit more about him. Carlos de la Playa is a life and self-expression coach. As a self-proclaimed prince of magnetism, Carlos supports recovering people-pleasers, the weirdos of society, mystics, creatives, artists, and LGBTQIA+, to step into their villain era. How to take up space, how to set boundaries, and more. Carlos is also an expert on helping people through challenging, painful emotions such as grief, rage, shame, and the shadow parts of the human experience, helping his clients learn to navigate those moments and transmute them into personal superpowers and deep self-intimacy. I can't wait to hear what you think of this episode. Here we go. Welcome, welcome, Carlos. I am so excited to have you here today. It's been a long time coming. I love you so much. And to see your invitation to be on here really spark a little joy in my heart. So I'm excited. Oh my gosh. Yes. And I'll share a little bit about how I even found you. Is that okay? Oh, please. I wasn't even planning. Like, share so we, away. I love a new perspective. <laughs> we were in a, I got, or we still are in a marketing group together that has a group coaching calls and Carlos would just always just open up to have himself coached in the most vulnerable and beautiful ways. And every time he would come on and I would see him, I just was like, oh, I just love your energy <laughs> so much. <laughs> and so I kind of started following him on Instagram and then I reached out to him and he was my coach for a while. And I just learned so much from him. And like your voice is still in my head on a daily basis. And I just like love your energy. I love your podcast now. Like just have so many amazing gifts to share with the world that I was like, why have I not asked you to be on my podcast yet? So, so excited to be talking to you. <laughs> oh my God, what a beautiful story. And it's just a reminder that like when we show up for ourselves, like you never really know who's watching. I, I feel so gifted to have your presence in my life. Thank you. Yes. And Carlos was just a guest in my group program. So he was sharing his gifts with uh, those who are within it. So, you know, for those who want to be or who are interested in my group program, you get all kinds of cool things when you join like that. So, yeah. So why don't you start, Carlos? I'm so curious to even hear more about what got you on this journey 
and even just what your journey really is. Like, what are you up to in this world? Let's start there. Yeah. So uh, I call myself a life coach with a specific knack and fascination to self-expression in all areas of our life, right? Like, I think probably for many, the first thing that comes to mind in self-expression is like, okay, someone who's like really extroverted and moves a lot with their hands and they take the stage and and that is an aspect to it and an archetype of like self-expression. But what more fascinates me is like self-expression as in like saying yes to yourself. Cause there's people who like, they're like, oh, you're a self-expression coach. So you can teach me how to like make my voice deeper and you can teach me how to how to have a certain posture on stage. And I'm like, actually, <laughs> bestie, you got the wrong guy. I'm not here to help you perform. I'm mm. here to help you say yes to yourself. And all my life, I've been fascinated with self-expression in many ways. I've always really loved people growing up, was fascinated by people that were on stage, that were performers. And I was also fascinated by people that had sort of this presence that they could like walk into any room. and their words carried the power of their presence. There wasn't like a disconnect between who they are and what they're saying. And I mean, I can imagine you, the listener, or maybe you, Andrea, have like felt that with somebody like, this person has a presence. Every time they speak, I stop and listen. Like, and um, to me, self-expression is about continuously like questioning and letting go of who we think we should be or perform as. Um, in order to say yes to ourselves, regardless of the rules. And and uh, to answer your question about my journey in particular, like, as you know this, Andrea, and um, I've, I, I grew up being in the closet, homosexual male, you know, and I grew up Catholic. And in a lot of ways, I basically had this fundamental belief as a child that who I am, like there's something wrong with it and it needs to be hidden and, and look a certain way and packaged a certain way. So um, I've always been really good with words, but like I became really good at like wearing masks. Mm. And, yes. uh, and, uh, and at the same time, just this natural deep fascination for self-expression. Um, and I think our body, our wisdom, you know, always knows where we're meant to go. Because if we look in, in our lives in retrospect, we can see that there's like a golden thread and it almost looks like divinely designed. Mm. And I don't even like using words like that, like divinely designed. What does that even mean? But it kind of like, I'm sure y'all listening to this can feel me too. It's like, um, like when we look at our lives in retrospect, we can see how something that happened actually was in service and how yes. it was actually sort of this uh, chapter in the hero's journey that got us to where we are as like the main characters of our own life. <laughs> so yes. We'll be the main character of their own life. Oh, I love that so much. It's so funny. Sorry, this is really random, but like I, the whole like in retrospect things make sense. I came across my, I just went home and my parents like gave me this big box and they're like, get your crap out of our house, you know? And it's like this box of all my school stuff. Right. And there was like a poem I wrote. It was like, we all had to write, I guess, about our futures. I think I wrote it when I was in fourth or fifth grade. And it literally is like, first I'm going to take out some teeth because my mom's a dentist. And then I'm going to mend bones and joints 
And then I'm going to like own a horse in Kentucky and be in Kentucky horse park. Okay. And I like lived in Michigan one I've taken out teeth because I went on a trip to Uganda and I helped a dentist do that. Mm -hmm. I then became a physical therapist where I mended bones and joints. Right. And now I freaking live in Kentucky. Like I was like, I knew all this stuff in fourth grade. What do you know how much turmoil I've gone through? And apparently I knew my journey already. And then it talks about being healthy and wealthy by the time I'm 20 in 2030. So I'm like, sweet. I still got some time for the, uh, for all that to come in. Oh <laughs> my like, God. What? <laughs> as children, I mean, this is so in line with our topic because like yeah. as children, we are born into this world, like having that knowing of who we are and it's so natural. We're not even trying. We don't need to be taught a course on how to be who we are. We're, we know who it is. Yes. The thing is, is as children, we don't have sort of that discernment to have boundaries with what's not ours because as children, all we're concerned about is love and receiving mm. love. So like, you know, we, we receive love when we do certain behaviors and we get punished if we do others. So therefore this thing I'm getting punished for is like wrong and something that I need to fix out of my, this is where we start to believe we're broken and we start to fragment ourselves. Like we, we look at a, something that we were punished for as kids and we're like okay this is something that that I am that is wrong so therefore something's wrong with me therefore I'm now on this quest to heal my brokenness which we're never fucking broken to begin with oh (laughs) yes you know so yeah rediscovering that and reconnecting to that sort of like child like like who we were in the sense before Mm-hmm. and learning how to bring that into the world now even though people will not like it yes people will look at you and be like ew you're too much and you've got to yeah. have like that discernment to be like okay then you can go find less if you think I'm too much but like that takes work and learning how to regulate the nervous system learning how to which you and I both do right yeah. like learning how to be with that voice that was given to us that's like well you should be different you are too yes. this is wrong this is repulsive right hard work yes, yes. and I think what I like read I could like go a million different directions right now but I want to bring it back to something you said about wearing the masks and performing because I think this is where I've like really related to you so much is that like I also, you know, spent my entire life performing and wearing masks to the point where it became unclear of what is a mask and what is me and like, what is my true self? And for a long time, I really feel like you're the one who opened this up for me, like more than anybody else has. And like, just really, again, this is where your voice is in my head so much is that it's like, oh, well, once I find myself, it should be easy. It should come natural. Mm. And so I'm just going to like, let you speak to that. Cause I love what you have to say to that because you taught me that that was not true at all. Yeah, <laughs> that was life changing. Yeah. You know, the, the fucked up part of life is that life is paradoxical and we're always going to hold pleasure and pain. And like, um, so many people have this especially on in like the healing spaces and stuff have this idea that like once we're healed once we're ourselves like okay that's it we've arrived at this destination Mm -hmm. so now like we're gucci no more suffering um no absolutely not actually so 
learning how to go back to that natural state of ease involves you having the courage to one, admit to yourself that you've been performing all your life, which that feels like death. That feels yeah. like emotional, psycho, psychological death, psycho spiritual death, you know? And then after holding this sort of metaphorical funeral for yourself, not literally, you don't have to, unless you want to, it's kind of fun, but um, it's like, then it's like having the courage to sit in that awkwardness of that blank slate of like, okay, what now? I mean, we've got to understand that if we've been wearing masks all our life, then our own body, our own nervous system stops trusting us. Yes. So, so now we have to like start dating our body again and getting to know them. And they'll slow, just like in a relationship, right? Like in a relationship, it's kind of weird if someone just starts trauma dumping on you in the first date and telling you everything. Like, no, you need to build trust first. So, so the body is learning to trust you, your own sort of inner innate wisdom and internal compass is if that was a person, it's dating you. And they're like, well, you cheated me like shit all these years. So now you got to make up for it, yeah. you know? And there's that phase of this sort of liminality of like where you haven't really become that next version, but you're no longer your old version. Like that phase feels really awkward and uncomfortable and gross. And it's so easy in those phases to numb ourselves with behaviors and ways of being that like are, are no longer resonant, that we're more our old self. Um, and, and, you know, at, then there's a certain point where your body starts to communicate to you more, you get more intuitive hits, you start to connect with an inner knowing more, your internal compass turns on, like, when you're around someone, you know, isn't good for you, your body's gonna start feeling like shit. You know, when you're, when you're around something that is so resonant with like, who you really are, you know, who you really were as a child, like your body almost gets like turned on. And for everyone that's different, it might actually be, you know, a, a genitalia sensation. But no, that's not what I mean. What I mean is more like, like the the, the pleasure parts mm -hmm. of our body turn on and we're like, oh my God, like this makes me feel so good. That, those sort of uh, hits from the body of who we are becomes so much more clear when, when our body starts learning to trust us. But like, like you said, being yourself is hard and that's the self process. But there's also the process of like, when you start being yourself, like people that fell in love with their mask are gonna be super intimidated by you and they're gonna try to bring you down. Not only that, but anyone who subconsciously knows you're being yourself and they're afraid of being themselves, like you're gonna trigger that sort of inner demon that's like, um that's like oh well they're they're being themselves and I'm too afraid to do that so I need to bring them down to feel better about myself like you'll trigger those people if you're a content creator and you take up space on social media of any kind like people you'll get more haters mm -hmm. right so being yourself is hard it's an act of rebellion in a world that's trying to copy and paste mold people to look a certain way and to romanticize yeah. a certain way of being but we're fucking animals we're not robots where we each have a unique sort of genetic makeup. We each have a unique set of beliefs and experiences that brought up to this point. So, so we are all different in our own way. Yes. And, and going against that grain is going to literally trigger the normal population. I mean, most people are wearing masks. Yeah. Right? And there 100%. is a healthy, like I do want to speak to where that can be healthy and protective because I also 
believe in in safety right Mm -hmm. um but uh you know most people are wearing masks so when they see someone living unapologetically or taking up space as who they actually are and by taking up space I don't mean being loud I mean like being you so hard that people yeah can feel your fucking presence you know what I mean like um that that is going to offend people um and there was something I was going to circle back to but it just deleted in my brain. <laughs> see part of being authentic too on a podcast is like admitting oh my gosh totally deleted from the brain yeah I I trust it'll come back up if it needs to um yeah I feel like I could oh my gosh comment on so many things you said because there was just so much amazing gold in there because I think you just tackled so many things that people struggle with when becoming themselves of like yeah but it's gonna make people mad and it's like yeah it is like Mm -hmm. the point isn't to have anybody react in a certain way and I love that you brought in the nuance of like there is times where it is safe to have a mask that's like, what I was gonna circle back. yeah okay yeah go ahead because I could speak to that too I feel like that gets lost a lot in the self-expression world and people think that self-expression means just like showing up and as like as this loud asshole anywhere you go and it's like no like you absolutely show up differently to your grandma's house than and, you would man. okay okay this yeah such new this there's nuance so yes for the sake of nuance like to anybody listening mm-hmm. nuance is basically saying that it's gray it's not black or white and there's infinite different shades of gray so to call it right wrong whatever would just be so incomplete of a picture yeah but you know I'm gonna give the because I you know I'm in queer spaces and gay spaces uh and I'm gonna I live in Miami Florida right so it's safe to be to to be super like super gay whatever that even means in Miami right but if I was in like a super religious uh place where there's like maybe a lot of drugs in circulation in like Iowa right Mm -hmm. like I would not go with my nails painted there and a bunch of jewelry you know yeah and and and, uh there's layers to it but there the reality is is that they're right now in the world I mean if you're listening to this right now you're probably not experiencing it maybe maybe not but in the world there's still places where you'll being yourself whatever that means will get you killed right um so or or put you in a position of danger like this is where there's nuance right and then you also said something really interesting like you're not going to go to your grandma's house being super fucking loud yeah like I'm not going to go visit my grandma wearing like a leather harness and a jock strap <laughs> you know what I mean which I don't wear any of those but you get what I'm saying yes no for like, sure yeah I am, yes. and, and I think there's nuance to it and you know if someone's asking okay but how do I know which one do I choose the answer is like trusting yourself the answer is like yeah okay, am I willing to put up with the discomfort of going to my grandma's house wearing like rainbow earrings as a man like you know if the answer is no, then then that's okay. That's all being yourself is also owning where you're willing to not be yourself. Yes. Like, such yes. a healthy part of the process because I've seen so many people, they like crack a whip on themselves. They're like, man, I couldn't tell that person at the club that I was attracted to them. And I'm like, because you actually didn't want to in that moment. Yeah. Like if you did, you would have done it. Yeah. But you didn't want to. In the moment, you were being loyal to the part of you that... that 
wanted safety and valued safety more than pleasure in that moment. So you chose that. There's nothing wrong with that. That's part of being yourself too, is like, okay, my today my nervous system is here and I'm choosing this and I trust myself rather than like, okay, I should because there's this self-expression book that I read at Barnes and Noble said that in order to break my fear of flirting with people in public, I need to say it to a hundred people in 10 days. No, uh, no, it's about yeah. the, what's the stretch for you and for everyone that's different. And in different areas of your life, you'll be able to stretch further because maybe that area of your nervous system actually physically has more elasticity and neural pathways. Mm-hmm. So it's going to feel easier to stretch in those areas. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we're not just floating brains. We yes. are literally a physical body. Like our mind creates our thoughts, our neural pathways. It's physical. So the mind, you know, there, I've had many mentors that have said the body is the mind. Like it's not different. So like where we're, we're when we're not able to do something, right, that we're trying to do that feels uncomfortable, um, it's literally because there's not a lot of neural pathways there. Yeah, yes, exactly. (laughs) Your job is to build neural pathways there. And beating yourself up is not going to do that. What that's going to do is paste on top of your goal a negative association of beating yourself up, which is going to make you do it less. Yes. Like, Yes. Make it fun, y'all. <laughs> exactly. No, I love this so much. Yes, to the like beating yourself up for not having self-expression just makes it hard. Like part of your self-expression, like you said, is just sometimes you don't show up in a certain way, or sometimes there's a part that doesn't have the capacity or the safety in that moment. And there's nothing wrong with that. If it feels good and authentic, you can then sit with that and reflect and get to know that part and love on that part and see what's up with it and understand it better if it feels like it's not aligned with where you're trying to go. But like, sometimes there's just a part that doesn't want to do something and that's okay. Yeah. 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 If if that part that doesn't want to do that thing you keep trying to do keeps showing up, then like, maybe it's time to get a little honest with ourselves. Is that really you or is that mommy and daddy's voice? Again, yes. you should do this or is that the church's voice or is that your mm-hmm. your quote unquote best friend that maybe actually fell in love with your mask like yes like who, who's talking whose voice is that really that pr- journey of constantly like coming back to you especially in a world like in a system right now we live in a world that has systems that are designed for one kind of person and but there's literally what I don't even know the population isn't it like over a billion or something I don't know like seven billion I don't know that's what I would guess but I could be really wrong (laughs) right so so we have seven billion hypothetically different nervous systems different experiences different ways of being so to to say that to create a system where only one person can drive in like it makes no fucking sense but unfortunately part of the paradoxical part of life is that we there are these systems in place so you're being you is is an active sense of rebellion almost like you're literally yes you're 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 rebelling against the world and that's not easy no it's not easy at all and and I think with seven billion other nervous systems right is like going back to the whole thing of like not showing up to grandmas in a certain way we also are social creatures and like we we all impact each other's nervous systems and there is something to part of like being yourself is like do i want to respect this person's nerve like right like all that has to be taken into account of like 
Like I was on a podcast the other day and you know, for everyone who listens to this knows I swear on this podcast, this woman didn't swear on hers. I didn't even ask if it was okay. It just didn't feel respectful mm-hmm. to go on and swear on her podcast because I didn't, I don't need that to say what I needed to say on her podcast. It didn't feel like it was taking away my self-expression. It felt like I was being respectful of her territory. It was her podcast, <laughs> right? And I feel like, again, sometimes people, especially a lot of the people, my, my listeners who are perfectionists and people pleasers, I think they get really scared of self-expression because it feels like, well, if I start being myself, I'm going to offend people. And it just feels like the biggest threat, right? As a people pleaser. So it's like, you can slowly step into self-expression in a way that's still respectful mm-hmm. and slowly start to build that muscle and slowly figure out what feels safe and what feels appropriate and what feels aligned. And it's just this constant, what I love about you, how you talk about it, is this trying on of something new too, of like, see how it feels mm-hmm. and like test it out mm-hmm. and see what it's like to show up in a certain way. And it might feel weird and you might not like it, or you might decide you want to do it more after you've tried it a few times. It's just like, you get to, cho- you get to choose. That's the whole yeah. beauty of self-expression. It's sort of no longer seeing like this self-expression journey as a destination we arrive to and like focusing on the process you know, focusing on that moment to moment, like what's true for me, what's true for me with a capital T, you know, and coming back to that, right, and for you on that podcast, it was to not curse, yeah, you know what I mean, like that doesn't mean you're being inauthentic, it means you're being authentic to the life of the moment, which for you Mm -hmm. was that, right, Um, and you know, I also want to speak to a little bit the nuance of like doing what feels good, and the paradox that sometimes it's not going to feel good. Yes, yes, like, please do. <laughs> this, this is where the stretch. Yes. Through, right. It's like um, there are moments where we really want to do something. But because there's this sort of buffer or filter that we're looking at that thing from, like the programs about that thing and what that thing makes us mean as a person. Right. So. A good example is like a man painting their nails or wearing more jewelry, right? Mm-hmm. Or or a woman being a loud comedian, right? Mm-hmm. Like things that we desire and have curiosity about, but society has programmed beliefs into us about what that makes us mean as a person if we are that thing, right? Um, when we do that thing, because those programs are literally in our mind and in our nervous system, it's actually going to feel like death. And this yes. is where it's like, learning how to practice like okay do I feel like death because I have programs and voices in my head that aren't mine telling me that or like my parents voice or whatever telling me that this is repulsive this is wrong men don't do this women don't do this like or whatever um and and the process of encountering those voices and like holding space for them And what does that mean, right? Like, that means like when those voices are literally telling you like, that's disgusting, what are you doing? Don't do that, you're a loser for doing this. People are not gonna like you because you're doing this thing. But you actually want to do that thing. Um, Learning to hear those voices and look at them with love and be like, hey, even though you say this, I still love you. Like when those voices are talking to you in your own mind, like and and holding that discomfort in your body that feels mm-hmm. like death like ugh, it literally feels like death because yeah. I'll explain this from a neuroscience perspective it's like it feels like death because 
um, our nervous systems are designed to keep us in safety rather than thriving. It doesn't give a shit if we thrive or not. Mm -hmm. It only gives a shit if we're not going to die. And back then, um, when we were shunned from the tribe, we would actually die. But we live in a culture and a society right now that's so interconnected that if, if one tribe shuns us, we can just go on the internet and find another one. But our nervous systems haven't caught up with the evolution of our technology. So what, what we encounter is, is in moments where we're trying to be ourselves um, and it feels risky, it actually feels like death in our nervous systems. It, the anxiety goes through the roof. Like, I mean, just to paint a picture, when I'm doing this process on myself, I've literally been like in fetal position on a floor, laying on a rug, crying, just dissolving that anxiety and listening to, to that part of my brain that was like, don't paint your nails. This is repulsive, right? Like, and I give that example mm-hmm. that happened to me when I first started uh, painting my nails. It also happened to me when I first started wearing jewelry, right? Like mm-hmm. two things I love. So yes. <laughs> when I first did both, I felt I came face to face with that shadow, with that inner darkness that isn't mine. And the only way to get rid of that is like when that voice is happening, like learning to just be in your body, not force anything, just be be so present inside your body. And that voice, as it's telling you, like, you shouldn't do this. This is ugly. This is repulsive. This is wrong. Being like, hey, I know you're just trying to protect me. We got this. I'm yes. Here. I still love you. I'm here. Even And the voice is like, but people are going to judge you. And you're like, yeah, and that's okay. Even if people do judge mm-hmm. you, like I'm still here. Yes. And learning how to speak to that. Oh, I got the chills just saying it because it's so fucking good, y'all. It's so yes. good. It works. And what happens is, is that the nervous system's like, oh, wait, maybe, maybe I, I am safe because I do have my own back. Oh, and this is where, this is what I tell people is like this, you're actively taking part in like human evolution. Like this is my theory, right? It's like, you're actively taking part in human evolution because our nervous systems are in, are evolved currently to not be able to do that, mm-hmm. but you're doing it and yes. it gets easier every time. Um, it gets easier every time. And learning how to do that is literally like you're evolving the fuck out of your body and nervous system and you're becoming unshakable in the face of opinions of other people because you're facing your own shadows that's that's the sort of vibe you get from people that are just so themselves that they're not performing like we literally so our nervous systems also uh they're they've they've even measured this like um project out magnetic fields Mm -hmm. And people that feel sort of coherence in their own nervous system, which is basically what I'm talking about here, um, that magnetic field actually expands. It can get like 10 times or more bigger than just the average magnetic field around a person's body. Um, Hello, if that doesn't measure what the fuck I'm talking about, I don't know what does. (laughs) That's so cool. No, it's so cool. I love it. And I want to like just touch on the death part more because I really feel like I feel like so much of my work, right? It just happens to be through actual physical pain is really just developing the ability to sit with the discomfort of being with ourselves. And when you can learn how to do that, one, I think sometimes doing it through physical pain is 
it comes with its own complications, but it's like, once you can do that, holy crap, you can, you can hold space for any kind of discomfort. And yes, to the death part. Like I remember my first like kind of like death experience like this of nervous system of like feeling like I was being choked by like a thousand vines and Garen buried in sand and like suffocating and not breathing and just through it all, like, like same thing, laying on the floor, like, oh my God, what's happening. And like, and I trust right now that I am safe. Like it was like having the sensation of not being able to breathe, but also this knowing of, I can breathe right now of like, I can make it through this feeling and through this and be with it. And that is what then helped my nervous system be like, okay, like, something, something else is going on here. There's something that's updated. There's something that's different. And, um, it's funny. I can't even remember what it was about at this point, probably moving more into my own business. I don't, I don't even know. And it's like these death and rebirth cycles keep coming up and they feel just as shitty, but it's just easier to be with because I've done it and I've known I can survive it every time. And now it's to the point where like, if I'm making a decision about something, I'll get this feeling of like existential dread. I'm like, sweet. I know that's the right one. <laughs> like, I don't oh. even need to be with it. It's like, it's like, oh man, when I feel like that dread feeling, I'm like, all right, this is the right decision to make. <laughs> that is so good. And you see, it's just, that is so good. Cause I literally do the exact same thing. <laughs> Love it. It's like, you know, <laughs> that takes work it takes hard yes it took so much to get there it's like oh my heart's pounding I have imposter syndrome okay yep this is exactly (laughs) what I'm supposed to be doing actually okay so uh my friend actually reminded me reminded me of this yesterday um she was like oh when you get imposter syndrome like a good measure of like that you're growing in life is when you have if you have imposter syndrome a lot and I was like that is so good that is so so good good. that is so good think about it right like when you first learn how to ride a bike obviously you're like what am I doing oh my god like can I even do this and then not and then it's like pro shit after like so like if we were to speak about it in a measured way uh, hypothetically speaking if if you were to tally mark every time you felt imposter syndrome, the person that feels it more, that has more tally marks is probably like growing faster. Not that you need to grow faster, by the way. I'm not here now promoting like <laughs> grow, 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 inject growth. Yeah. No, no, because we're also fucking organic beings that have winter, mm-hmm. death and decay, right? Yes. And that's so sacred and beautiful. But, um, you know, growing growing is a process that we can learn to uh, make it automatic is not the right word, but to create a habit around it. And Mm -hmm. that's one ways that I see this habit adapting in in some of my own friends or my own clients, or even in myself is, is like when we feel that dread or the imposter syndrome, we're like, Oh, this is where I'm supposed to go then instead of like running away from it. Yes. That's freaking, that's some, that's that's a one skill that if you learn that one skill, it'll pay you back a billion times over in this lifetime. Oh, 100%. And, and yeah, like you said, it took it took a lot of work to get there. It took a, first I had to like build up the capacity to even feel the dread in my system. Like before it was like, I would just touch up against it. It was like immediate run away, right? And then it's like, 
building the capacity to even be with it, to get to know it, to like explore it. And now that I've got to explore it, now I kind of know what it's all about. And so it's like, it becomes almost a quicker process, but it took, it took a long time yeah. to get there. And my big theory on like why, like chronic pain, at least for the people who listen to me, I don't think this is true for every person with chronic pain, but I think for those who have been listening to my podcast or are attracted to like this type of work, I really feel like their pain is here because their body is so desperately wants to connect with them and to be heard and seen and known, but it's been every bid for connection has been lost, right? Like has been like, we've ignored it. My, I mean, and this is what I did. I just followed what I was supposed to do. What patriarchal society told me like a good girl does, right? Is go, go, go on this path, get the best job, go, you know, follow this, this path. And I just ignored my body, ignored my body, ignored my body until it's like, all right, I can't get your attention in any other way. Guess what's going to get your attention? Freaking pain (laughs) that like literally stop you in your tracks. So you are forced to turn inwards. But unfortunately what ends up happening is it uh, drives the disconnect more right in so many until can finally face it and look inwards and turn and be like all right I'm ready so I know you that's so good sis you haven't made me teary-eyed that was a really (laughs) yeah you know I've also on Mm -hmm. my journey had much chronic pain Mm -hmm. and actually my most recent experience with it is so I had knee surgery about two and a half three years ago um to this day there's she's still giving me trouble (laughs) you know um and about two about three months ago I sprained both ankles yeah and when I'm telling y'all it was the scariest most intense death and rebirth I've ever had in my life I went into rabbit holes of and this is recent right yeah into rabbit holes of thinking that I was going to end up in a wheelchair and all these things. Like, I just was terrified. And now I'm starting to get to the part of the death and rebirth cycle of this particular area of my life, um, where I'm starting to see the lesson in hindsight of why it happened and why it's beneficial. Now, quick disclaimer, I do not believe you should force yourself to see the lesson in something when you actually fucking hate it like if you're still in that (laughs) I hate this stage you need to let yourself be in it um and I see so many people try to avoid the discomfort of those stages uh by being like well just be positive like there's a lesson in this like obviously if you just got injured and you value moving or if you're having an inflammatory flare-up and Mm -hmm. you're bedridden for a few days like let yourself hate it if, yes. if where you're at okay anyways yes <laughs> so um and and what I didn't realize is you know as a man as a gay man but as a man there's no one talks about like male uh, body dysmorphia mm-hmm. and like distorting how your body looks looking in a mirror no one talks about it right yeah, yeah. and, and um, they're starting to Gen Z. Gen Z is my favorite generation. I know they get a lot of hate, but they're just so <laughs> fucking bold and public, and they're big on talking about emotions as men and things mm-hmm. like that. And there's men, gay, straight, no matter what, that are talking about body dysmorphia on TikTok and stuff. And what I realized is that a lot of 
like my, a lot of my training and movement practices were to try and make myself look a certain way. Yes. And I kept telling myself that that wasn't true, but it was. And I, when I had these injuries where I literally could not walk for like a long time um, and I was on crutches, but because one of my ankles was sprained, like I needed to make sure that what I was doing on crutches was like, like I, I want you to imagine I had maybe like 500 steps I could use a day. <laughs> had to use them wisely, right? Yeah. So, um, and I really can confidently say that like my body dysmorphia is like 90% gone. Mm -hmm. Like, and, and I've come to term, like I've, I've, I have this realization and this awareness that um, distorting the, the pain that was showing up in my body was because my body was like, hey, can you like love me as I am? And can, yes. you, can you love the unfolding of me? And can you focus on what feels good when we move us instead of what you should be doing based off of how much weight you did last week? Yes. You know? Yes. And um, ironically, like I see more beauty now. Like mm -hmm. I look in the mirror and I'm like, you look so fucking hot. Like what the fuck? And I'm like training way less, way, way, way less. And now I'm like, uh, my movement is more focused. My movement practices are more on focusing what feels good rather than, and focusing on the process of mm. enjoying the journey rather than, okay, when I arrive at this percent body fat and have this jawline because I have less body fat and becoming like hyper obsessed with shit like that, it was so unhealthy, but I had managed to function really well with it. Yeah. Um, but the chronic, the, these injuries were like, nope. Yep. Oh Your my gosh. Point. A wound is a womb. I heard this quote once, a wound is a womb where, and I'm, you know, I'm very spiritual, right? Like mm -hmm. I like using the word God, but you can substitute God for presence, universe, divine, yeah. whatever floats your boat. Uh, but a wound is a womb where the wisdom of God can enter you. And literally like, I felt that shit. Like I was like, oh my God, I did not realize how much of my energy in my day-to-day -day was spent in looking a certain way. Um, and how much overtraining I was doing. And it's not that I have a, you know, a, a, a huge condition or anything like that. It was simply my body was like, please listen. And then my other big experience with chronic pain um, was before I came out of the closet, I had plantar fasciitis that was mm -hmm. like so severe. And I was like 22. And I just had to wear these shoes that were really humiliating and like, and my fraternity would make fun of me. And um, it completely went away when I came out. Oh, so good. Like, and I was struggling Amazing. for years. Yeah. It dissolved. It was, and I, when I say it was like almost one day to the next, but years, years of pain that my body was like, please just listen to me. You're not paying attention. And we don't have to get to that point. I don't think we have to mm -hmm. get to the point where we get sick to go inward. But there's certain lessons in life that I've realized that just so many people feel not ready to look at. So they just avoid and sweep under yeah. the rug constantly. But, you know, there's a point where you can't sweep anymore under the rug. The rug's just going to fucking burst, right? Like, or you're going to start attracting cockroaches and then it just <laughs> yeah so it's the same thing with our own nervous systems and our own bodies you know we we trap 
so many uh, different emotions and neurochemicals in our body. If we think of emotions, which are not just floating in the ether, they're literally liquids that get released in the yeah. body and they're physical. We forget that we're physical. Yes. You know, so, um, and chronic pain in particular was such in hindsight. And if you're going through chronic pain right now and you're not there, please don't force it. Cause to this day, whenever I feel pain in my body, I freak out sometimes. Um, it, it was, it was a wound and I really got to develop a, a level of intimacy with myself that I can't develop when I'm feeling super love and light. Mm -hmm. right? like, yes. I, had to, I had to pick myself up at my worst. That there's that self-love when people are yes. like, oh, self-love. It's like how deeply you can hold yourself in your winters when you're yes. and you hate everything about yourself and life like how quickly you can fight for yourself and remember who the fuck you are in those moments. That's true self-love. And even in a relationship with a partner, true love is when like y'all go through shit and like yeah. come back on the other side, different people. That's love. Not this like instant gratification. Like, oh, because I have options and you inconvenience me, I'm dumping your ass. Like we do that to ourselves all the time. We yes. Dump we dump ourselves. So the body gives gives us like lessons and for some people it's chronic pain for some people it's like a big loss mm -hmm. you know um and and their invitations yeah invitations to intimacy it, it it might not feel that way and it's not supposed to yeah it, and it it's not be. easy it's not supposed to be no. easy but bestie you're worth doing hard things for you know what yes. I'm saying Yes, exactly. Oh, I love that. And that's exactly how I look at chronic pain. It's, it's an invitation from your body. Mm -hmm. It's an invitation to, to get to know it. And that's, that's one of kind of like the first phases I work with someone with is, is, is allowing yourself to be you with pain. Because so often the focus is like, I got to get rid of it. I got to get rid of it. I got to mm -hmm. fix it. I got to fix it. Something's wrong with me. I'm broken. No, and I always tell people, it's like, you can hold the desire of seeing, seeing life without pain. Like that desire gets to be here, but we first, we have to see exactly where we are, meet ourselves exactly where we are, love ourselves exactly where we are. And ultimately pain is part of your body, which means it's part of you. So mm. anytime you're rejecting pain, fearing pain, wanting to get rid of it, it's turning it towards yourself, right? Your body is feeling that it's taking that as a rejection of itself. And mm -hmm. it's so hard to figure out how to love on something that is causing you so much pain. Takes a um, lot of effort. Yeah. Does not I, come easily. It's not a perfectionist thing. It's okay to hate on it sometimes. <laughs> it all gets to be here. And girl, I want to retweet, reblog, repost, and restate something you just said. You said, uh, I forgot exactly how you said it, but it's like you can hold the desire for the pain free life in one hand, but then with the other hand, be yourself. Like, yes, that's so good. Because the paradox of life, too, is, is that there will never be a point where we're just always feeling pleasure at all times. Mm -hmm. You know, in fact, I think the only reason we can even conceptualize pleasure is because we can conceptualize pain, you know, like, yeah, and, and you can hold both at the same time, like, like, one thing I love to do when I'm in pain, physical pain, um, mm -hmm. is I love to 
really ask myself, where's the pain in my body? Mm-hmm. Really be like, yes, this is allowed here. Acknowledge its presence, invite it to have a seat at the table, right? Like, hey, mm-hmm. you belong. And then also ask myself one of two questions. It depends on the texture of the pain, right? Mm-hmm. But it's like, what is it about this pain that is actually also kind of pleasurable? Like that's one question I ask mm-hmm. myself. Another question I ask myself is where in my body am I also experiencing pleasure mm. at the same time? Because I think a trap that I've gotten into with chronic pain um, is, is thinking that I'm in that moment, I'm only experiencing pain. Yes. And yes. that's actually, that's actually never true. That's actually mm-hmm. never true. And even if you're not necessarily experiencing pleasure, there's a part of your body somewhere, maybe it's your right big toe, maybe mm-hmm. it's your, the tip of your nose, where you're at least experiencing neutrality of sensation. And learning to constantly remember that I am always in pain is like actually not true. And like, I am 100% in pain, like those absolute statements that the brain gives isn't true. What that's mm-hmm. actually doing is you're, you're using your, your, the energy of your neural pathways to focus on those, that area. But yeah. But um, which what I'm not saying is to ignore the pain. What I'm Mm -hmm. saying is like, yes, it is there. Fuck. Yeah, it is. And what else? The and the and like here, as I'm talking, Mm -hmm. there's like tightness in my forearms, but there's like aliveness in my uh, in my uh, fingers, the tips of my fingers. Mm -hmm. Right. There's a warmth in the palms of my hands. Like there's sensation happening inside and out everywhere. Right. And learning how to hold all of it is actually going to increase your capacity to uh, feel pleasure. And one thing that's really trippy is like learning how to, and I'm still learning how to do this. It's mm-hmm. fucking hard. Learning how to associate the pain or as much as you can with a hint of pleasure mm-hmm. or finding what about it feels pleasurable. If I was to give a metaphor, it's like people in like kink communities and stuff that like yeah. get turned on by pain. Like that's sort of the mindset I'm thinking of here, but like, I'm not saying you have to go be kinky. I'm, I'm not kinky. I know that, but uh, people think I am, but no, I'm not. Um, but it's like sort of those people that like, like the feeling of like rope being tightly mm-hmm. tied around their wrists or something and cutting the circulation. Like that's sort of the pleasure I'm asking you to inject into pain, the listener. Um, you know, another way that this can be practiced is let's say you're working out the body. A lot of people, when they feel the burn, they're like, oh, I hate this. This sucks. But like, just try this next time. It's going to, it's a little trippy. You know, just, just almost try uh, asking yourself, what about this burn actually feels kind of good? Yes. Like, or pleasurable or turns, what about it kind of turns me on? Um yeah, and that's just another layer and, and tool of playing with pain. But, you know, like every tool, like, you know, if you have tools in your tool belt, like you're not going to use a screwdriver for something you need a hammer for, right? Like, exactly. So if the tool doesn't work, don't make it like an ideology or some sort of fucking law that you have to follow now. Like, no, if it's not working, then put it away. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I find it can be like, yeah, I, I feel like associating pain with pleasure is almost like a little bit more of like an advanced tool, but it's like, all, like, like, I feel like I couldn't access that for a long time. And I feel like the way I do it is, it's funny now, like, especially with emotional pain, 
it's like what like the other day I was like laying on my floor and like a total like death like just feeling like so overwhelmed by like just shit that's going on and like feeling like I couldn't breathe and suffocating I was like oh this is awesome because I know there's going to be something really cool on the other side (laughs) and I was like trying to explain it to my sister who's like a little bit in this work but I was like I was like explaining, I was like, oh my God, I feel like terrible. And I feel like I'm choking. She's like, are you okay? I was like, I'm great. Like, I know this is going to lead to something really cool. It feels like shit now, but like, I can like hold, like I've had enough of those cycles where it's like, I know it means something really good is coming out the other side. I just don't know when, (laughs) but like, I can associate with that pleasure of like, it always leads to growth. It always leads to an opening. It always leads to something. And that's what I, I don't know. That's, that's what, that's what has worked for me recently. is just like holding on to that, that piece of it. But mm-hmm. yeah, you have to find what works for, for you and what feels accessible. And yeah. I yeah. always tell people like, take what resonates of what I say, everything else leave behind, especially because I grew up a people pleaser. So I attract a lot of clients that want help with that as well. Like, um, in my own network and stuff, it is, is, uh, it's easy for people pleasers to like trust the wisdom of like a coach or a mentor more than themselves and uh wrong answer no i'm kidding but it's like no no, everything that a mentor or a coach says at least one that i think is doing the process in a benevolent benevolent and non-manipulative way um is to remember like take what resonates leave the rest behind like say fuck you to anything that isn't fun or not a fuck yes you know like yeah um anything I said in this podcast you know you can try it on but if it doesn't work then it's not for you and that's okay Mm -hmm. totally and then I feel like I could talk to you forever and I feel like I should probably wrap it up so on that note of like people in your network and whatnot like where can people find with you find you how can people work with you what do you offer? Tell us a little bit about. All of that. So I do have a podcast right now. It's called the Spiritual Thirst Trap Podcast. It's, it's so good. Oh, it's <laughs> so good. Fun. I highly it's recommend like, listening. It's, yeah, it's like the same kind of vibes we were doing here. Mm-hmm. Just really injected with my energy and my way of being. Um, super fun. Spiritual Thirst Trap Podcast on Spotify. Um, for some reason, it's not on Apple yet. Trying to figure that one out. Uh, Instagram at Carlos de la Playa and TikTok at Carlitos de la Playa. Mm. Um, I'm also really active on Facebook. So, but you can find it all there. So, um, I'm I'm really big content creator. I love making content. Maybe a YouTube channel is coming out soon, but we'll see. Um, but yeah, that's how you can connect. Would love to connect with anyone. <laughs> Yeah. And people, are you, are you still offering coaching? Oh yeah, of course. So I'm just going to, I'm just going to put you out there. Carlos is an excellent coach. If you're looking for a self-expression coach, I can fully, I can fully attest because I have, he has coached me. Yeah. So I offer one-on-one coaching. Um, I also have a group program called Academy of Villains where I help people that are tend to be people pleasers or are a little bit hidden and performative in their self-expression. I help them step into their villain era. Mm, you know? so, so um yeah those are currently the only two ways to work with me or listening to my delicious podcast yes <laughs> oh, I love it so good if this resonated with you go follow him go listen to his podcast I'll put it all in the show notes and thank you Carlos so much for sharing your wisdom and your magic here today I appreciate you and love you so much <laughs> <laughs>